Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's turbo time. Actually, it's time for Jingle All the Way on In the Can, part of the Barn Burner Podcast Network. Every holiday season, there's one toy everyone has to have. I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move, and the Rock and Roll jetpack, and the Boomerang shooter. Getting it is every child's dream. Whoever doesn't can be a real loser. Finding it. You got the doll, right? Is this father's nightmare. I'll get that toy. I promise. Whoa! Nothing like waiting till the last minute, I would say. Especially on Christmas Eve. Christmas spirit. The last one just left. Now, it's two fathers. This is one. One mission. Whoa! Oh, poor baby. <laughs> and every man for himself. I think maybe, though, know, we could join him as a team. You know, like, like Starskin Hut. We're yes. late delivery of Turbo Man at Toy Wars. Let's go. Is there a problem, officer? You can never do too much to make a child's Christmas magical. Hey, buddy. From the director of Mrs. Doubtfire. You want a Turbo Man for Christmas? Forget it. I'm not going to sit in your lap. Tony, Tony. That was taken this morning. And from the director of the Flintstones. Don't open that up. No, no, no. Of course, there's uh, some assembly required. You know what you guys are? Nothing but a bunch of sleazy con men in red suits. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sinbad. I work for the post office and I'm unstable. Tell him. This man is totally insane. Thank you. Christmas comes but once a year. No! Jingle all the way. You picked the wrong day. All right. It is the middle of December. Uh, we're approaching Christmas. We figured we'd do a Christmas movie. I'm drinking delicious hot chocolate right now. Feeling good. Um, welcome to another episode of In the Can. This is a TV slash film podcast on the Barnburner Podcast Network, only at the-barnburner.com, which is a tremendous website if you haven't checked it out. Today, we're heading back to 1996, Brett, a time of simpler uh, simpler things like rampant capitalism before the internet could target you with Google ads. And we're of course talking Arnold Schwarzenegger's jingle all the way. Brett, you're a father, you have a son. If you had, if your son wanted the turbo man and the internet wasn't a thing, would you embark on a quest similar to Arnold in this movie? Uh, no, not a, not a chance in hell. 
Okay, so you, you don't love your son then? Uh, no, as a responsible, loving father, I would have had the Turbo Man doll months in advance. Oh, understood. So you would have been like the neighbor. You would have been Ted in this situation. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, also, because I don't work as hard as Arnold and uh, don't have a, a business to maintain and uh, family to take care of and all that. I let my wife do that. So you're I, my number I one customer. Months. Does, yeah. does your wife <laughs> do that? You're my number one customer line into the phone all day? That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. All right, this movie, workaholic Howard Langston, played by Schwarzenegger, and stressed-out postal worker Myron Larrabee, played by Sinbad. Love single-name people. Both desperately trying to purchase a Turbo Man action figure for their respective sons in a last-minute shopping spree on Christmas Eve. Uh, It is the first installment of the Jingle All the Way film series, of which there is only one other movie, but that was in the Wikipedia page, which I loved. I love the notion of the the Jingle All the Way extended universe. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the, the, uh, G... A W C U, as it were. J A, yeah, yeah, we knew what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. It's time for a Nebraska fact. We during it early in the podcast this time. Usually it comes in the middle or the late. I like to keep people waiting. But Nebraska fact, Jingle All the Way 2, main character is, of course, Larry the Cable Guy from Nebraska. So, of course, all things slightly toilet humored come from the middle of Nebraska. So, there's our, our fun Nebraska fact for this episode. You heard it here, listeners. That you didn't know you were going to be getting Nebraska trivia. That's what this is about here. Um, what what was the first time you saw this movie? Was this part of your like kid Christmas movie lexicon? Was this a, did I do you have this on VHS? Like what where'd you come to this movie? I came by it true. Uh, I saw it as a kid. Um, so you you asked me what my favorite Christmas movie was uh, as a as a pre up to this podcast and i had to think for a moment and then i thought of course jingle all the way uh i did not realize how bad it was um it wasn't that bad when i was a kid uh i remember it actually being a a great christmas movie uh (laughs) and going back and watching it now as a 32 year old um it's funny for all the wrong reasons now wait did you had you not seen it like since you were a kid yeah, I don't think I've seen it uh, in in this millennium. I probably maybe caught glimpses of it at some point, but no, I don't think I have seen it. Wow. Yeah, in I, I felt the twenty same years. Uh, kind of a tough. I mean, but it has like some of those. It feels nostalgic, you know, and so like you can kind of overlook some of the bad parts of it and just enjoy what you were like when you were a kid and how you enjoyed it, and you didn't realize like it's just not good. I don't even just think I have to look, it. Uh, over, overlook it because it's. It's enjoyable. I thought it was a nice, yeah, uh, a I nice, still enjoyed a nice it. visit. Yeah. yeah, Like an hour and a half, just real quick, flies in, flies out. Like you don't feel like it doesn't drag really. It's just like propulsive and ridiculous. And you're just kind of like moving on from set piece to set piece. Um, mm-hmm. Brian Levant was hired to direct this film. As the trailer said, uh, he's the director of the Flintstone movies, uh, the live action Flintstone movies with John Goodman, <laughs> which I haven't seen in de- like decades since yeah. in the yeah. millennium. Uh, and then he also directed Mr. Dalfire, apparently, which I didn't realize. And, and so he kind of like made his name in the nineties doing these like screwball comedies, um, that, uh, you know, that were not as critically reviled at the time. So, but Chris Columbus is kind of the godfather of the series. He's the dude that did like home alone one and two. He did, he did Harry Potter, the first Harry Harry Potter's. He's like the guy that's out there, like godfathering all these like kids slash adult movies. And he seems to really like Christmas. It would seem. Um, so they, they bring in this guy, Brian Levine. He loves it. It's a story about love. He says, and a father's journey to, to deliver it in the form of a turbo man doll. 
he got the whole element of that. The funny part is that Columbus viewed this as like a satire on capitalism, basically, and commercialism at Christmas. But the director thought it was just like a sweet story about a dad. So I think like there's some tonal shit going on where like it doesn't really know whether it's like an action comedy or like a like a classic feel good Christmas type drama or message. A, yeah, it doesn't really know what it's doing, and it's kind of part of the the problem. I think when you're a kid, you don't give a fuck. Like you're just like laughing at it and like thinking it's funny that he punches the the puppet reindeer in the face and all that. And um, that's great, and it's still great. But uh, the film was written by Randy Cornfield, and then Columbus rewrote the script to emphasize those those commercialization elements. Uh, and then the project was picked up by 20th Century Fox. Schwarzenegger at the time was was tapped to do the Planet of the Apes movie. Uh, do you remember that? The remake that actually ended up being, I think, uh, Wahlberg? Wahlberg. Yeah. So Schwarzenegger was originally. I didn't realize that, that was this old. Yeah. And it was in development hell forever. And so Schwarzenegger finally freed up to play the character of Howard Langston in this movie. Hadn't really done too much of like straight comedy. He'd done some of the action comedy things like Twins and all that. But they originally wanted Joe Pesci as Myron. Uh, and which I, which you know, is, is essentially trying to recapitalize on the Home Alone shit, like because I mean, Chris yeah. Columbus is a Pesci head from from uh, Home Alone, and uh, but they decided to cast Sinbad because Sinbad was taller. So we see some heightism here, um, which you know, it, it happens to us medium sized guys. I like that. I like that Sinbad gets to look down on him because otherwise uh, he's a little way too intimidating. That you can't, you don't want to mess with the howitzer if you're if you're Joe Pesci size. You you definitely got to be looking down on him from a, a Sinbad angle. It's you know it's always like you, and if Joe Pesci was in this, you'd truly think there was some shit about to go down in any of like the fake violence scenes where he's like threatening <laughs> a bomb. Like you're like, wait a minute, I saw this guy commit heinous acts in Goodfellas like six years ago, and that's kind of the Home Alone thing too. But it it kind of worked in that. Filmed in Minneapolis, one of the first like big productions there. Shot at the Mall mm-hmm. of America. Uh, you know, it was shot on location in April, but it's still so cold as hell up there that they could mimic Christmas. Even no though it was, way. Like, entering spring, yeah. Uh, and they didn't even have it. wasn't those situations where they had to dress it up and everyone was just real hot as hell wearing cold stuff. It was yeah. truly still cold because uh, that was long fake winter. snow on the ground though outside their houses. Probably. I mean, yeah. Like I'm sure they they doctored up a little bit. Um, I mean, so, so you, you think this movie kind of sucks, uh, but, but it has nostalgic reasons. What, but what are your general thoughts on this film? You rewatched it and you like, and it, the credits rolled and you were like, what? I'd watch it again. Uh, annually, actually, I might make, might make it part of my repertoire. I, I have no qualms with this movie. Like it's, it's, it doesn't take itself serious. So I don't want to pick it apart for any reason. Uh, there's parts where I'd feel comfortable just getting up and leaving and not, not caring about the movie itself. Uh, but it's thoroughly enjoyable. Um, I'll, 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 I'll throw, throw my hat in the ring for it. Whenever anybody asks me again, what my favorite Christmas movie is. Yeah. I mean, I, I still ride for home alone. Uh, those are, those are the same kind of level of meaningful to me. And they're actually still good. Yeah. You watch one and two, yeah. you're like, okay, these actually still rule like fully. Um, but this one, you know, I like I had, to be different though. I feel you. You just dare to dare to be different. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it came to me at the perfect time. I like this movie too. I did read a tweet though by Doctor Snark Fuckerberg, which is a fantastic <laughs> Twitter handle. Uh, I was I was searching around uh, <laughs> the Twitter sphere for comments on Jingle All the Way, and you, there's always gonna be good mm-hmm. shit on there. And this tweet said, "If you're stuck at home trying to pick out a Christmas movie to watch with the kids, I'm here to tell you that Jingle All the Way is actually surprisingly really, 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 really very bad." <laughs> and I was like, yeah, actually, like, it, uh, it checks out. And 
Um, I kind of feel that way too, but it's like, but you're still going to watch it. And, you know, you might realize it's bad. Your kids will probably have a rollicking good time. And that's kind of what the whole point of it is. It doesn't offend me. It's so bad. Um, and it's not to that level where it's boring that it's, it's bad, but boring, but not so bad that it's funny. It's just like, I don't know. It's still entertaining. Mm-hmm. What do you think if, if Schwarzenegger was recast though? I, if I was in charge of this production, Schwarzenegger paid $20 million to star in this movie, which is like, I don't know if you know about like, actor salaries. That's asinine amount of money for like a mid-budget wow. Christmas comedy. And it, it is a, like, that's like what DiCaprio gets now. Like he, when they want him to be in something, they're like, we'll give you 20 million. That's your, like his going rate. Like, it's uh, like directly Chris, fueled his, uh, his governor campaign for California immediately after this. They gave they, him some walking around money. It's insane. Like that amount of money to get paid to do something like this. I mean, that had to have Jeez. been half the budget. I mean, really it's like a 40, $50 million like action comedy Christmas movie. There's no way that that would happen nowadays. I know that's the classic thing is that, you know, the TV and, and Marvel movies have changed what we view things to be. But for example, Chris Evans was paid a million bucks on the first Captain America. The first one. Yeah. Uh, and Downey uh, was paid like 2 million for the first Iron Man. He made like 40 for Infinity War yeah, once he realized yeah. he was necessary. But, uh, but that's still, it, it's, those are like 300 million. How much million did Howard bucks. make? Not enough for the second one. Cause then they're like, we're canning your ass for Sheetle. Um, he made the most actually on that movie because he was like the known figure from hustle and flow. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, quick Google trivia. This, this film was inspired by real life Christmas toy sellouts, uh, for items such as cabbage patch kids and the power Rangers toys. When that show first came out, um, it was released the same year. Ironically that the tickle me Elmo craze that's, happened. That's the Christmas of 1996, you. which was un- yep. unintentional. Uh, do you yep. remember? I remember that. And, and yeah, I remember at the time I was a seven year old lad. I didn't get Tickle Me Elmo. I didn't care about it. Maybe I was a little too old, but also like I thought it was creepy even then, but looking back on it now, it's like very creepy like that, that that doll exists and that it like requests that you tickle at certain places and like basically orgasms. (laughs) Oh yes, absolutely. Weird. Uh, So I'm a little older than you and I also have siblings. So my sister was born in February of 96. So she was like 10 months old during this craze Mm. and she did not get a Tickle Me Elmo doll, but she got, a chair that oh, not as made cool. all the same noises. Oh. No, not as cool. Uh, 10 times pervier because yeah. it would be yeah. like, sit on me. <laughs> uh, sit on my face. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, we needed Arnold. We needed Arnold to walk in and say, I'm not going to sit on your lap. Yeah. He, he would be the, <laughs> um, that's, that, that's just ridiculous. I, I just uh, can't yeah, fathom so, the tickle me Elmo craze. Mm-hmm. But I was going to ask, uh, so what, what do you remember? Uh, like what big toy would you equate to this in your life? What, maybe it's something that you wanted or maybe you never wanted it because you're not a, a capitalistic little consumer. But uh, what comes to mind when you think about that, like the have to have sellout toy when you were a kid? Yeah. Uh, I actually was got there a one turbo. for you. I got a turbo man doll. Um, <laughs> had to have been around then too, like around probably that Christmas. They obviously capitalized on the movie yeah. itself and made the doll. I had one. Yeah, I had that was the, a thing. Yeah, I had this. It was the same size as the one in the, and it had the came with the the disc that you could shoot out of his arms, and it came with like the boomerang, <laughs> which is stupid because like you can't make an action figure throw a boomerang, catch right. it, and it obviously doesn't. You just throw it, it hits the wall. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that that didn't work out as well as you would have hoped. Um, but that, but I don't think that was uh, difficult to get. I, I I didn't really have that that thing. My parents got me a Furby when that was going on. Uh, but I didn't like really, I didn't like specifically want it. 
they just found yeah. one and got it. Uh, N64, I think, was right around here. And that was really hard to get the first year. I didn't get it the first year. And I, I don't know whether my parents just couldn't afford it at the time or or they couldn't find one. But I mean, that was right. something that like was sold out. They didn't have enough copies of like the N64 and then Mario Kart and all the games that everyone wanted um, that, when it first came out. But what about you? Uh, yeah, I think of like t- Tamagotchis and Pokemon cards and stuff like that. That That's what comes to mind when I think about like the, the can't miss toy. The toy that I wanted the most, I think, when I was a kid, uh, and it wasn't like sellout. I'm sure it was probably easy to find, but the Darth Maul double bladed lightsaber. Uh, I was mm-hmm. like, I would cut, I'd cut that, tear that out of every single magazine that mm-hmm. I saw. Like, and I'd, put, I'd throw it on the fridge. I'd throw it in my parents' bed. Like, just, just a casual reminder uh, not to forget <laughs> about it. Yeah. Uh, hey, and, remember this thing that I really want? Like, yeah, that I told you about seven minutes ago. That's like uh, such a kid thing to do, but I feel that in my bones. I mean, I would make lists, like type it out, print it out, rank the things in order of like how, what I wanted them. And Change it was the just like, toner so that you made sure that it was crisp and black when the absolutely. list came yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. Print out like five or six, you know, kind of waste the ink a little bit, print out five or six yeah. lists and keep those strategically hidden throughout the house. So mom couldn't mm-hmm. forget. I, I got mine too. Santa delivered. Uh, I got the double bladed lightsaber. Oh, good. Uh, unfortunately, as I said, I had a little sister, and this was a couple years later, so she wasn't. I wasn't like hitting a baby with it. I was hitting a toddler with it. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, so I was, yeah, like I was beating her, um, like a like a training droid. Mm. And uh, my dad didn't like that, so he literally snapped it in half and threw it in the trash. Uh, oh, did not have it for very long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, then that's when you get the other half out, like in the movie, and you stab him in the chest, and you commit that. <laughs> yeah. And then but, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mason, uh, our boy Barnburner Slim says. Uh, Ah, he, uh, he once really wanted a Sega Dreamcast. And I, I mean, I, I remember that being the hot system too, for sure. Um, and it was like the graphics were better than like N64. Crazy Taxi. PlayStation. Yeah, Crazy Taxi. Yeah. Uh, there was a Sonic game for it. The, there was a basketball mm-hmm. game, NBA Live, I think, 2000 or something. And that's about it. That underrated was system. Yeah, that <laughs> underrated. Was problem. underrated system. <laughs> I would say uh, not. No. Yeah. Underrated. Uh, the developers thought it was underrated because they didn't make any games for it. <laughs> they were heavily underrated. Yeah. <laughs> Tough, Sorry, tough for Dreamcast. The original 2K, he says. Uh, was, oh, was yeah, yeah, 2K. yeah. That was good. Yeah, Sega 2K was was that was that the game. Yeah. Uh, Columbus. Um, Did you get it, Mason? Uh, I don't think so. Let's see if he says later. Uh, at the 1996 okay. Stinker's Bad Movie Awards, it was nominated for three awards. Worst Actor, Worst Supporting Actress, and Most Painfully Unfunny Comedy. That's an insane category. Wow. Most painfully and funny comedy. Like, uh, uh, that's that's really tough. Uh, he did get the uh, Sega Dreamcast. Checking back on our list. Yeah, Mason. all right, Mason. And uh, his Santa was a G. He says so. Congrats to Mason. Two thousand. Congrats to ten year old Mason in yeah. the year two thousand. Um, Brian Levant was nominated for the Razzie Award for Worst Director. Uh, that's tough feat for our boy Brian. Um, this is nominated a few other Razzies. Eventually, a sequel was made starring. As you know, Nebraska native Larry the Cable Guy, Miss um, Cable Guy really begat a really funny guy. I feel like <laughs> um, they were going to name the Turbo Man different names like the Turbo Turbo Guy and Turbo uh, and just Turbo. Uh, and and I feel like those aren't as good. I feel like Turbo Man is kind of where they landed, and that's where it should have been the least cheesy. Turbo and Booster. I think that kind of rolls off the tongue easier. It does. Than Turbo Man. No one likes me. No one likes you, Booster. Um, <laughs> There's an after credit sequence that shows Liz being proud of Howard for doing the right thing, telling him he did a great job, got his uh, for being a, g- a good dad that day, then asked 
him where her present is. Howard looks at the camera in shock. It was supposed to set up a sequel that never happened. Oh, um, man. So yeah, just uh, the things that could have been, things that could have been. And any other things that you learned about this movie, or did you just like totally not research it? I will say not a lot out there in the interweb. I think it sort of has been swept away into the, the ether of, of movies. Uh, no, I don't do I don't do the research like you do. Uh, I just have random math questions. My my RAQs. Uh, yeah, RAQs. Movie Critic Corner. I thought this was some pretty good funny reviews for this. Uh, the, the BBC's Neil Smith criticized the film's script um, with a focus on the commercialization of Christmas, and he criticized Schwarzenegger's performance, calling him uh, sh- saying he showed the quote the comic timing of a dead moose, which is. <laughs> Jesus. A, a, what we call in Britain a burn, you know what mm. I mean? Like that's mm. tough. Uh, he singled out Hartman for praise. Chicago Tribune critic said that he, he thinks the characters act entirely illogically, particularly Howard. Howard Langston is supposed to be a successful mattress manufacturer, but the movie paints him as a hot-tempered buffoon without a simple idea in his head at every turn, um, which I hadn't thought about. Also, didn't know he sold mattresses. Did you know that? Is that oh, is that on the rematch? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. even notice. I was, I was looking at the uh, Christmas party. You my number one customer. He's talking about. He said, "Yeah, two hundred fifty mattresses. Yeah, we'll have them out." Yeah. Oh, okay, that's good. You're yeah. on, you dusted off your arm. I feel like you're doing well here. Yeah. Thanks. So we might thanks. call on you to do some other lines. Um, all right, let's move into the categories. Unless you have any other thoughts on uh, Jingle All the Way. Commercialization, man. Let's talk about that. So I. I all right, I man. Think hit, that... Let me hit my blunt real quick. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, soapbox. Yeah, I'm on it. Uh, I didn't think it was too terrible, honestly. Uh, there's like some toys on the shelves that are like like X Men and Spawn, which was cool. A uh, nice little reminder of of childhood again. But like, I you'd think there'd be a lot more product placement if it's all about like commercialization and all that. Like, I get commercialization is all about like oh toys themselves and buying stuff to make people happy and all that. But like, uh, I don't I don't think I would agree with that so much. You know, and, and something I would have done if I was the, the screenwriter of this movie, which is what I, my new favorite game to play is like, oh, let me, um, you know, let me doctor this up, is I would have had Howard be a, in the toy sales business. And I would have had the Turbo Man be a rival company and his son really wants it. So it even creates oh. like some sort of internal oh. turmoil. And the, ter- the, the Turbo Man's actually the nail in the coffin of Howard's company. Mm-hmm. Like they, they can't put out a similar toy. Howard mm-hmm. really wants to get his son the basically their version of the Turbo Man, which is just not as cool. So it kind of shows like, even though this is all the same shit, it's made of the same shitty plastic. Like it's just about the commercialization mm-hmm. and the targeting of these kids. So you give Howard an extra stake in it beyond just like the stupid doll. Uh, but, you know, hey, I'm out there, guys. If Nobody Hollywood, called the script, doctor. Yeah, bring me 96. in. 96. That's yeah. what I do. All right. Um, who gets those buckets in this movie? The, the best acted character. Now, we're going to go through like acting categories like we're talking about like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or like some critically acclaimed darling that's been nominated for a bunch of Oscars. So just take this with a grain of salt. But Brett. I'm going to ask you who you think is the best acted character in, in Jingle All the Way. Uh, whoever the guy is that plays the actual Turbo Man in the first minute of the movie, uh, the, the real Turbo Man. Daniel Riordan. That's his name. That was, yeah, okay. So you knew that was coming, huh? Uh, no, oh, he I does just not age well. He, uh, uh, so he, this, this guy was a, apparently a prominent voice actor for animated shows. And so he just like they they hired him for his his voice as much as anything, um, but yeah, he he filled out that Turbo Man armor pretty well. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I was he kind of believe. 
the Power Rangers parody at the beginning, which you were totally aware was a Power Rangers thing, but like mm-hmm. that might have been the, the little first minions time come like, out. Right. The demon squad. They're like, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> um well, I mean, make make your case here. What what what's so great about his performance as the real turbo man? Like I said, he makes me believe, you know, uh, I would watch well, even that what? show truth, justice? based on his performance. Okay. Yeah, truth, justice in the American way. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, he won and there was no bloodshed and mm. he obviously uh, let his nemesis um, survive for the next episode. So that's all mm. it takes to be a, a TV superhero. That's true. Just one episode uh, at a time. Yeah. I'll give my honorable mention to Phil Hartman. Uh, Damn, that's what I was going to say. So, well, did you just see pass me the ball? Okay, so yeah, yeah, mine, yeah, okay. mine is Phil Hartman, is Ted, uh, who is an SNL alum. He's kind of the, one of the drier SNL performers, but I feel like he's the only one that actually like gets the movie in it. Like he's like actually funny and has comic timing and like gets the proper hamminess of it. Like he's doing an SNL skit. Yeah, uh, he did. He did come up with a backstory for Ted, which I loved, and and I, this is one of the things <laughs> I I researched. Um, Hartman said Ted is a guy who sued his employer for headaches caused by toner fumes oh, and he now hangs around the neighborhood and helps all the housewives. Um, at the time Hartman was being pigeonholed in Hollywood, but said that Ted's another weasel to add to my long list of weasels, uh, which I, I, I love. Yeah. I mean, I, he's steering into it and I, I appreciate there's one scene where he like hugs Liz and he like cries to groper and he like looks up and like, it, it's such a ridiculous performance yeah. that you're just like, this is like, this guy's doing a like Sandler type Tommy boy, ridiculous, goofy comedy skit character but no one else is like everyone else is kind of playing it straight which is the funny part and and that's why the tones like what, what are we doing here yeah uh the the soundtrack uh the song that that i think plays it's one of the times that ted is there but it's backdoor santa uh i don't know if you if you looked into the soundtrack at all but no backdoor santa I, is not a kid's song uh, not in any it's, it's exactly what you think of when you when you hear backdoor santa uh, so when you said that his backstory is that he's helping all the the wives in the neighborhood, mm. uh, he's their little backdoor Santa. It, I believe that there, there's Ted. So what do we think? So Ted, we have to assume he's just cleaning up in the neighborhood, right? Like he the 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 housewives at the basket or the the karate competition are out there, like giving him casseroles, and there's just kind of like they're all flirting, and they want. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether they want his like services as like a husband stuff or whether they want the the peen, so to speak. And that's, you know, I, but I, I have a, a, an alter theory where he's out there just like doing really well for himself in the neighborhood. Um, and Liz is his like prime, his top of the list because she's unattainable. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that that might be a possibility for our boy Ted. But, um, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, sort, of wish, uh, sort of wish Jake Lloyd had uh, had died in the in the, the parade scenes so that way he couldn't have played Anakin Skywalker. Ouch. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, not, not really, but like maybe he gotten seriously injured where he couldn't be. Okay, on oh, hold the, on. Of all the people that we've talked about, that you've talked about in any movie, anything that you've ever reviewed, he's the one most likely to be watching this right now. So you better watch what you say. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I could like, uh, I mean, I, you can't really sue me for that. You know, I mean, that's not libel or anything. Oh, he's not going to sue you. He's going to kill you. He's got schizophrenia, man. He might, he might. I think he actually did have a really, I think he did have like a really tough beat after, uh, actually I know he did. Yes. You're right. Mm -hmm. Actually not bad target for sure. Um, You just painted yourself. We're uh, sure got a, like a Billy Madison list where he's like writing people's names on and, (laughs) and, um, but, uh, I, I, you know, like, eh, I know it's not necessarily his fault, but he's part of something that I'm just like, 
you know, heavily dislike, um, but also love. So it's kind of a weird thing with Jay Cloyd. But I can't not see Anakin, right? Like he's just the voice, the delivery. And you know what? Some of the critics praised him. Like they were like, this kid's believable. Like it, he can say his lines. Yes. I mean, but what is our standard for <laughs> child actors? Like Kelly Culkin in Home Alone, that's a fucking good performance. Like it, it, it's, it's good. I, I mean, I really have no complaints, but Jake Lloyd, ugh. Uh, shout out to those mid angel. <laughs> uh, shout out to those mid nineties suburbans um, that Howard drives. The the Dude, green, yeah, yeah like th- those those in, in themselves take me to a time. Like if I see one mm-hmm. of those, Sopran- Tony Soprano actually drives one, and in, in for the first like three or four seasons of The Sopranos. Um, but I mean that is the ninety five GMC. It's like it, there's something so classic about it. And I remember being in the third yeah. row of one in my friend's car, like my friend's <laughs> parents' cars, and like stopping through McDonald's and getting a happy meal and just sitting happily in the back, losing like three or four fries underneath the third row seats. And then they look the exact same, like a decade later when it's finally clean. Um, When they sell it and you're there vacuuming it out for the first time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, This is basically the plot of the Santa Claus. I feel like Uh, there's the Tim Allen movie. Uh, Not, not the, the, the dad son stuff. Like you got the workaholic dad. Who's like, you know, not really present in the kid's life. The kid doesn't want anything but doesn't care for spend Christmas time with his much. dad. Yeah. And, and and the dad mis misinterprets that as like, and you get him this stuff, but really he just wants his dad around. And it's like this kind of the dad slowly figuring it out. And Tim Allen's story, he goes and becomes Santa Claus literally. And then in in uh Jingle All the Way, he goes and becomes the superhero literally. So it's like kind of the same plot a year later or two or three years later. Santa Claus, I feel like we might need to do that's an underrated gem. Um, I, I, that'd be that'd be my next pick. If you had said no, there's no way we're doing that horrible movie Jingle All the Way. Then I would have went with the Santa Claus after that. Um, <laughs> good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, how do we think that uh, Arnold and and Rita, um, or Liz and Howard, met? Like, uh, like how how do those two people sold her a mattress, dude? That's easy. Okay, all right. He was the so salesman you think she's a on former the floor. Client. Okay. Yeah, he didn't own he didn't own the business at that time. This was like seven and a half years ago, I think. Uh, and he was actually in Milwaukee at the time. Uh, they moved him to the Minneapolis branch after he had such a breakout year in '89. Uh, so he took it over. Um, yeah, he started to to do a lot better. And Liz was like, "Yeah, I'll stick with this." She ended up moving to Minneapolis after she got her bachelor's. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like two Community years college. after that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they. They moved in together. Um, obviously not in the house that they were in at that time. Um, mm-hmm. so there's not a lot of history between Liz and Ted. Uh, he's only been chasing after her for about three years now. Um, he was actually, when Jamie broke his arm for the first time, uh, Ted was there to drive him to the hospital. So that was his first chance to, to try to get a feel for Liz and see if he had an opportunity. So. Wedges way yeah. in. Yeah, that what makes was your sense. question? I see you uh, watch the Disney Plus uh, show that they've done on <laughs> yeah. um, the history of, of <laughs> the Howard and Liz. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I just hadn't seen it, so I was hoping you'd be able to recap the mm-hmm. plot. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, go check that Disney Plus show out. It's called Howard and Liz, mm-hmm. um, and it, it is a uh, written and directed by John Favreau. And they say that he really does it justice; like it's better than anything that's ever been done. Um, six man play- terrible, terrible memories for me. And it's <laughs> six man. I do not support award. the Mandalorian. Okay, go on. Makes the most out of their role with limited screen time. Uh, I picked Chris Parnell. Shout out Chris <laughs> yes. Parnell. Who, showed, who I was like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're totally channeling it right there. That was very good. Yeah, I was trying. Uh, and he's like, it's only the hottest toy. He like, he does, yeah. like, it's moving. 
Uh, I remember thinking yeah. that guy was absurd when I was a kid. And then now, like, having all this history with him, it was bizarre to see him. And I was like, that's fucking Chris Parnell. Like, he doesn't yeah. even look like the same guy. He's so young. But he still looks old. You know, he's like one of those guys that's never looked <laughs> like yeah. really young. I mean, he might very well be like in his mid-30s in this and, and legitimately kind of old. But um, – I don't know. I, I it, loved how when he shows up, he's going for it. It was such a shock that I had to think like it took me out of the movie for a minute. Cause I was like, what, who, who is that guy? I can't like, I know that guy, but who mm-hmm. is he? Uh, and then I was like, Oh, it's part out. Like what up Parnes? Yo, Sandberg, what's happening? That's what mm-hmm. immediately came to mind for me. I thought of Archer. Uh, uh, see, I don't watch that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I had to reach Check back. On Disney plus uh, John Favreau writes and directs most of the series. <laughs> <laughs> is Grogu uh, in it? Yeah, yeah, Grogu's the main character. You'd think that's it's Archer, good. but that's actually about wow. a guy that shoots bow and arrows. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. My sixth man, man. Um, I don't know his name, but the guy, the radio DJ. Uh, mm. I can get his name real quick. Martin Mull uh, is KR, uh, KQRS DJ, aka Mr. Ponytail Man. Martin Mull. <laughs> yeah. The ponytail's uh, like classic 90s DJ. But like that's actually what I was trying to highlight there was just the ponytail that he's rocking in the, the studio mm. there. Uh, that's the six man award right there. Mm. Um, good pick. Uh, ISO play single greatest scene. I've got three. Would love to hear some additions. Uh, I've got the opening Turbo Man commercial, totally ripping off Power Rangers. I've got the Con Santa toy black market in the warehouse uh, with Jim Belushi as the mall Santa, and I've got the parade action sequence that's the climax of the film. What other what other scenes am I missing? Uh, well, since you went with good ones, I'm going to go with drinking beer with a reindeer in the backyard. Mm. Um, yeah, with I the love the reindeer. way that, uh-huh, I love the way that the brook was babbling in the background. Um, yeah. I I got really jealous as a homeowner. I was like, man, I wish I had a stream in my backyard. You know, well, Inkson's got uh, a sick setup there. Nice yeah. house, like a really nice neighborhood. You know, it seems like distant enough from the city, but you can get into the city fairly quickly on a quick interstate trip. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd love to see it. You'd love to see them doing well. I feel like they never really talked about the whole him working too much thing though. Like it was never like, he's, he was never yeah. like, Oh, I'm going to stop doing that. Like uh, it was just like, you know what I mean? It, I don't know. It, it never really like paid that off, so to speak, but. Eh. What did they pay anything off? No, they okay. paid off the, the <laughs> okay. man thing. Like the, the the fact that Arnold then becomes Turbo Man in this parade mm-hmm. was a was a payoff that he becomes the live version of the doll that he sought to get his kid. But otherwise, we're we talking about know, themes. Are we there yet? I mean, we're always talking about themes. I mean, in every day of life, that's like you know, capitalism. Man, hits blunt. Go ahead. What what are some of the themes that you notice in Jingle All the Way besides zero? <laughs> uh, forgiveness. You know, mm. Jamie Jamie displays remarkable. Uh, why is it forgiveness at the end? Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, um, gives the doll to gives the doll to Myron after Myron, Myron yeah. literally tried to murder him. Yeah, um, <laughs> and and Myron's like, dude, there's no way that doll makes it into prison with him. It's going to get confiscated like the second he gets to the jailhouse. And I feel like there's going to be hold a on, cop. Is Myron going to prison because Arnold was chased by a cop the entire movie, and then the cop just like, huh? After when he when he when he realizes that yeah. he's standing in front of the guy that he hates with a passion, he's just like, uh. Uh, yeah. so I don't think Myron actually makes it into any jailhouse whatsoever. I think the cops drop him out. off in the country somewhere. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah, they drop him off in like the middle of. Minnesota like it's Christmas. I don't want to do any area. paperwork. Yeah. yeah, they're just like, don't come back to town for a few days. You know, that's fair. That's, 
Um, mm-hmm. But he's got to deliver mail, so that's going to like totally violate his constitutional oh. duties. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, uh, speaking my, uh, of mail, I was just going to. Are we going to talk about the bomb scene at all? Uh, are, do please? we have a ridiculous? I feel like <laughs> category you like here? The, the radio. You like the radio scene because you got your main, you got your guy in there, the mm-hmm. Mr. Ponytail. Then you've got the bomb sequence. You like the leaving the cafe, the 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 little cafe or whatever, the coffee shop, and then that whole sequence in the, with the cops in the the bomb and shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they hear it on the radio. They try to call in. Uh, Myron's got that He-Man strength ripping the cord out of the phone booth. Can we talk about phone booths? Do you remember the last time that you had change jingling around in your pocket uh, for just such an occasion as needing to to call someone from a payphone? Man, I don't want to remember okay. those times. Right, so many, so many throwbacks and flashbacks in here. Uh, yeah, that's a good scene though. That that's a good series of events for me. As they're running down, uh, we get to see how fit Arnold is versus Myron, mm-hmm. who is apparently not run anywhere uh, in a long time. It's been yeah, it's probably been five or six years since he had a walking route. Uh, Myron's been in that truck for a while now. Um, yeah, he, I think he actually kind of misses it some days, but uh, he's he's put on a few pounds since he he had that route. On the lower east side of Minneapolis, so mm. but he appreciates having his wife. The Yeah, yeah, that's true. We're led to believe his wife slept with everyone at the post yeah. office except for him, um, which mm. is kind of snuck in there. And I was like, oh, I never re- heard that when I was a kid. Um, but Sim just- he yells Rodney King when he's getting hit yeah. by all the people. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Like I remember, but like my parents laughing at that, right? And I remember them laughing at the, there's some sick people in this world. Like when he does that line. And I, I distinctly remember that line. That's like one of the things I'll never forget when, when Sinbad says that um, Sinbad tough beat for him kind of, you know, like not necessarily the career he wanted probably after jingle all the way, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know. You still know Probably. who he is though. It, he's not like a forgotten face or anything. Like you, I can't think of anything that he's done since the nineties, but I still know who Sinbad is if I see him on TV. That's true. He was concerned that the being in this movie would actually harm his reputation. Uh, he was concerned <laughs> that it would harm his. Apparently, he had a his comedy routine was family friendly. Like back his credibility, then and, like, and he was like a known as a not a mean guy, but like a funny for family comedian. And so he was afraid that being characterized as the villain would hurt his his comedian cred. Mm. I don't know if that maybe that happened. You know, he was yeah. so good. He was so captivating as a villain. Um, you know, it's like Heath Ledger's Joker, Anton Chigurh, Myron uh, from Jingle All the Way. It's like right there. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh uh, and Tenet. Uh, Kenneth Branagh and Tenet. Yeah, Sager. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you're a Tenet head now, but, but you know, beyond that. Oh, my that, God, yeah. Yeah. All right. Most quotable quote. Uh, I mean, it's turbo time. It's probably like, <laughs> you know, kind of the thing. Uh, if you remember anything, there's some sick people in this world. Uh, by Sinbad, by Myron Larrabee. Um, I've got the uh, I've got the the Mr. Ponytail reaction where Myron says, "Mr. Ponytail man, I know you. I know you're kind. You're the kind that puts trash in front of the mailbox, so I have to get out of my jeep, don't you?" And he said, "No, not true. I recycle." And then Howard <laughs> says, "Shut up!" And Myron says, "That's right, shut up." And it's uh, that, that was that was a funny little something going on there. You know, some actual like some levity. Um, I don't know any other uh, any other quotes here. Myron goes on his rant about capitalism, basically, and how he went to junior college from a semester and totally yeah. understands it. He has the best rants in, in the movie, for sure. Uh, well, it's all improvised, too. 
Uh, it, it, like all Sinbad's really? dialogues improvised, and apparently Arnold's responses are improvised, and that makes sense because he doesn't really say anything in response. Yeah, because there's, <laughs> there's nothing. There's no actual. He's just him going. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, he's like probably uh, trying to understand what the fuck he's saying. I like when he says. I like when he's Turbo Man. He's like, this is cool. Uh, I mm-hmm. like when he punches a rainbow. He's like, you picked the wrong day to mess with me. <laughs> he fucking mm-hmm. clocks the reindeer. That's good. Uh, um, I'm not uh, a pro, but I just was chasing the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when like the, the, the Myron's running off, he says, "He got two. He got two. Like that. Mm. Yeah, they're all great. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was? Oh God, I lost mine. Oh, it's when when uh, Ted says you can't bench press your way out of this one, uh, mm. and then walks and steam, haughtily seems off. He's been waiting years to deliver mm. that line. You said that, that one Joel in the Howitzer. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, sees that as his entrance to Liz. Uh, mm-hmm. Down with the eggnog slapping the face. That's his turning point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely deserved it. You know, there, there's everyone in this. I mean, there's the characters are all kind of like, shitty. They're all kind of like trying to get something. And like uh, the, the thing that I don't, and going back to Myron too, like I don't really understand is his character supposed to be like the villain or comic relief or a partner for he like goes through so many changes that you're not sure what to like expect from him. Is he the Loki and, of the, yeah, but, but it's like all in, the way universe. Right. Yeah. But it, 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 in one, one hour and a half, basically he does all these things uh, as in, as opposed to the MCU, which does it over like 10 hours of screen time. Um, and I remember even, and this is funny, like even as a kid, I remember thinking like, well, what's am I supposed to like this guy or like, because I know he ends up being the villain at the end. Do I like hate him from the beginning or, but right now he seems cool. And right now they're working together. And like, I remember even as a kid, like being like, what's the point of this character? What's his like goal? What's he want? You know, and I couldn't articulate any of that, but I remember being confused by what to think mm. about him. And, and so that you, just, didn't, you didn't read the intended sp- uh, screenplay for the second jingle all the way then where uh, Myron's actually just recently released from prison. Like the whole point of jingle all the way to the original one was, that uh, they had stolen the Turbo Man doll um, and some some people had broken in and, and stolen all of them. So it's Howard's job, who is now uh, an executive in the toy industry, realizing how much money he can make on things like the Holiday Rush. Uh, so his, his supply of like Turbo Man 2 dolls, I don't know what they were, all get stolen um, and they're being held for ransom. And Myron, who, who has had three or four attempted prison breakouts during this time, uh, he's recently actually released and uh, Howard has to go get him to help him break into uh, the building where they're holding him for ransom. So it's actually like a buddy heist movie. You're really uh, worse for Nolan. Pitch yeah. Here. Christopher Nolan like, was, yeah. was slated to direct that. It was, okay. it was, it was like his heist, his version. He's like, you know, I don't want to do a heist film unless I'm going to do it different, you know? Right. So. Where we're mm-hmm. like, yeah. Uh, you're, you're really workshopping your storytelling skills here. And I like it. I, I come up with backstories and I, yeah, I appreciate it. If you can't workshop it live on a pod, then when can you do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I've had 24 years to practice all this for Jingle All the Way. So, so this movie, if if well, okay, if this movie comes out now, is it just a guy refreshing? Hashtag me Amazon too. Page? Hashtag me too. <laughs> Howard, 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 or uh, Ted does not make it into in yeah. The that's movie. true. That's true. He's out of there uh, for sure. Uh, I don't even know what that character looks like now, but I mean, like it, 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 there's no, there's no running around. Part of me does miss the era where it was just about like putting boots on the ground. Like you're just mm-hmm. like, 
you can't just, it's like ticket sales now. Every, like all these ticket scalpers go on and use all these, like hack into the system and buy all the tickets before mm-hmm. people just waiting in line on the, P- the PS5 right now, right? Oh, PS5, it's, exactly they, it's resellers. Yeah. Everything is resell. There's no, yeah. nobody's getting it who actually wants to play the thing. And, yeah. and it sucks. Which is crazy. And so that's, that's a yeah. perfect example of what this would be like now. And the answer is fucking awful. At least, at least then it was like, you waited in line for five hours and you either got it or you didn't, but like, you were putting like your personal time. Half the crowd went home sick the next day, but it wasn't coronavirus, right? <laughs> and that was like when you're waiting in line, you couldn't look at your phone, dude, or like listen to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. That was like waiting in line. Maybe you uh-huh. like read a book, I guess. Like I, some stupid shit like reading a book. I don't know, but I, that, that's tough. Um, if you could replace any character with Nick Cage, who would you replace and why? Do you have an answer? Because I, I, I yeah. tried to think about this earlier and I it just. The answer is Myron. Uh, I think if you have Nick Cage in that postman's hat uh, mm-hmm. and you have mid nineties cage with his unhinged personality, I'm talking about like uh, one part face off one part Mandy, that recent crazy ass horror movie <laughs> and one part leaving Las Vegas. And he just goes fucking nuts. Uh, I think like I, but I think Nick Cage has always been that. Does he have the raising Arizona mustache? That's all I want to know. Yeah. And, and he <laughs> might very well have the accent too. He's like a, a tra- uh, he, he moved from the South to, to the cold or something. Okay, um, okay. But I, I just, uh, I like his zaniness. And I think like him and Arnold could have had a really good chemistry. I feel like um, not that him and Sinbad didn't, but I feel like Sinbad's so improv and Arnold is so not that, that, that those, those sequences end up becoming just Sinbad talking out of his ass. And then Arnold just like, yeah. Yeah. What do you got? I'd one of the Santa Clauses, but I'd have to give him a bigger role. Not, not, mm-hmm. not Belushi. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't replace Belushi with him. But uh, shout out Belushi. That's a great. That's a that he's one of the best performances in the movie. If I'm being like truly honest, like the the sleazy con man. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, all of his comments are funny. The and, beard like, under the beard Santa Claus. Yeah. Like what do you, what do you yeah. like? You got a black beard underneath your your that's white great. beard. Like he's got his like eyebrows are painted, and like I love the. <laughs> The, the the little man holds up the Polaroid photo like it's a hostage like he's holding the Turbo Man he's like this was taken this morning like that's that's good <laughs> shit uh, that whole sequence I think is probably the best if that was the tone of the whole movie those kind of like set pieces where it's like he enters this like shady underbelly of like aftermarket toy sales and yeah. all this stuff and and so that would have hit home even more if he wasn't in the toy business if he like gets to go to the assembly line and sees mm-hmm. like how awful it is or something like that. I think that could have been a cool way in, but um, that's good. If if Cage showed up in that scene, like I just <laughs> and, and doing the karate or something, I mean, I'm fully in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So that'd be funny if at that one, uh, if they had a post credit scene where Myron is sitting in jail next to all the Santas, like in the the little elves. Uh, there'd be some chance for some humor there, I think, for a little post credit. Yeah, like he like looks over and says, "What are you looking at?" or something like that. And I could see that 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 would be all you needed for that for that mm-hmm. comedy base right there. Um, rewatchability is this a buy on Blu-ray, a rent on Vudu or iTunes or however the fuck you watch it? I happen to catch on HBO or Stars or wherever it might be playing, or doubtful I'll see this again. I of course used to own it on VHS, but I'm talking about present day. Mm-hmm. What you would do? I, I I would. This is a maybe I'll catch it on if it's streaming. But I do not think I will own this unless it's not 99 cents. Uh, I don't think I'd watch it if I saw it on network television or anything like that. Um, I think there's got to be some commitment there. So 
I'm going to rent it annually and make sure that I get my money's worth. I feel like you should just buy it at that point. I mean, at some point and pay for itself, right? Yeah, but I might change my mind in two years, you know? No, that's true. Um, well, cool. You, any other thoughts on Jingle All the Way, the uh, delicious 90s action comedy slash text coming through on a desk sound really loud? Um, yeah, sorry about that. No, you're good. Uh, any other thoughts on Jingle All the Way before we adjourn and then have to do another Christmas movie before the end of the season? Uh, you know, I just theme of forgiveness. Uh, it stuck with Arnold throughout mm-hmm. his whole life after, after this, uh, his daughter in real life actually wrote the art of forgiveness, uh, before she married Chris Pratt. Um, mm-hmm. so obviously he took what he learned in this movie and went home every single day and, and just was a great father to his children. Um, so I just want everybody to know that. Yeah. I feel like you need to show Chris Pratt, um, this movie and then maybe he'll remember his kids with Anna Ferris that he probably doesn't see so much anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, hey, you can't mess with him like that. I mean, it's not like he ruined anything uh, recently. Uh, it's not like he was the worst actor in two of the biggest films of the last couple years. Uh, any big franchises or anything like that. That's a good point. He didn't do that. Uh, well, Merry Christmas, Brett. Um, and nobody likes you booster. <laughs> Uh, I don't have any comebacks. I'll be back. (laughs) Uh, Crossover. The most ambitious crossover (laughs) in history. Coming next on In the Can. All right. Bye.